Welcome to Dicey Stuff, the podcast about life, because, well, the dicey stuff is the realest stuff of our lives. Come along as Lois examines living as a Christian woman in this modern age. Time to roll. Hey friends, welcome to Dicey Stuff. My name is Lois Matson. Thanks for joining me today. Been thinking about the breath of God. A guy by the name of Edwin Hatch wrote a song, Breathe on Me, Breath of God. It almost sounds like a psalm. Here are the lyrics. Breathe on me, breath of God. Fill me with life anew, that I may love the way you love and do what you would do. Breathe on me, breath of God, until my heart is pure, until my will is one with yours to do and to endure. Breathe on me, breath of God, so shall I never die, but live with you the perfect life for all eternity. The breath of God does things, makes things happen. When God breathes into Adam, he becomes a living soul. It's kind of interesting that the word for breath is the same word in the Greek and the Hebrew that's translated spirit, and that's translated wind. So there's a spirit, wind, breath, connection. All of those words are connected. Ruach is the Hebrew word, and pneuma, P-N-E-U-M-A, like pneumonia, pneuma is the Greek word. It's where we get pneumonia from. When you have pneumonia, your breathing is restricted because of fluid in your lungs. In the beginning, after God created the heavens and the earth, the Spirit of God is hovering over the waters, like breath, like wind. When God creates Adam, he forms this man shape, this human. Adam means the man, the human. He forms him from the dust of the ground but he's just lying there on the ground. He's not breathing. He's not living. But when God breathes into Adam, he becomes a living soul. When a person dies, we say that they breathe their last. Breath is life. We might say a heartbeat is life. But if someone is in an accident or for some reason is is injured, We do CPR on them. In the old days, they did CPR by breathing into a person. Nowadays, they do only chest compressions. But it causes the breath to return to a person's body. If you've ever fallen and landed on your back and had the wind knocked out of you, You feel like you're a fish out of water gasping and you can't breathe. You can't breathe. You can't breathe until finally you can. And it's kind of a panicky feeling. Like, I don't have air. I need air. I need breath. The Gospel of John, Jesus talks about the wind blowing. When he's talking to Nicodemus, he says that, This is John chapter 3. I'm going to actually start at verse 1, 1 through 8. 
Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. The wind blows. We see the trees rustling. We hear the sound of the wind. But we don't know where it comes from, and we don't know where it goes. And so it is with the breath of God, with the Spirit of God. He works where and when he will, in hearts of people calling them to himself. But we can't make that happen. We can't make that happen in our own lives or in the lives of our children, our loved ones. It's interesting also, when Jesus appears to his disciples after his resurrection, he breathes on them. And he says, receive the Holy Spirit. John also records this event in John chapter 20. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked, where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Jesus breathes on them and tells them, Receive the Holy Spirit. These apostles are going to be the ones who preach the gospel, preach the word, so that people will believe. When Jesus breathes on them, he's getting them ready to speak the word so that the church will be built. He's getting them ready for the work that he's given to them, which is the proclamation of the forgiveness of sins. When Jesus breathes on them, it's reminiscent of God breathing into Adam. There was an old controversy in the church about Who sends the Holy Spirit? The Father only, or the Father and the Son? But in this John chapter 20, Jesus says, receive the Holy Spirit. In other places, he says, my Father will send the Spirit. He says that this wind, this breath of God, is given to Christians. The words that we speak are formed by the breath within us. 
If you have no breath, if you've been running a distance, you can't speak because you need air and breath to be able to form words and speak. That's what causes the words to come out of our mouths. Augustine wrote about this breathing out that Jesus did with the disciples. And he says, that bodily breathing, proceeding from the body with the feeling of bodily touching, was not the substance of the Holy Spirit, but a declaration by a fitting sign that the Holy Spirit proceeds not only from the Father, but also from the Son. They didn't actually receive the Holy Spirit that very moment when he breathed on them. Jesus told them, go into Jerusalem and wait until you receive power from on high. And they did. They waited 10 days. And the Spirit came. While they're sitting in the house, there's a sound of the wind. A great wind fills the house where they're sitting and waiting when the Spirit of God comes upon them. God breathes out his word. We breathe out our words. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 through 17, Paul writes about this breathing out of God's word. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. That man of God, another translation, is messenger of God. We have the word of God, the spirit of God, the breath of God within us. When God breathes on us, things happen. We become a living soul, just like Adam did. By the word and the power of the Holy Spirit, we are made alive. We're no longer a form laying on the ground. But we're living and breathing. People of God, children of God. The hand of the Lord comes upon Ezekiel, and the Spirit of the Lord brings Ezekiel the breath, the wind of the Lord, brings Ezekiel to a valley, and in that valley are bones, dead, dry bones. And the Lord asks Ezekiel, Son of man, can these bones live? And Ezekiel says, O Lord God, you know. And then the Lord says, prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you and will cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you. And you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. The spirit will enter these bones the breath of God. 
So Ezekiel prophesies, and there's a sound, maybe a wind, and the bones are rattling, and bones are moving around and coming together, bone against bone. And then there's sinews on them and flesh on them and skin on them, but they're laying there on the ground with no breath. Verse 9. Then the Lord said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. The interesting part of this is what is said after this. Then the Lord said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are indeed cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you into the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people, and I will put my spirit within you. And you shall live, and I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. I have spoken, and I will do it, declares the Lord. He says, I will put my spirit within you, my breath. We who were dead in sin have been made alive by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the breath of God, and we will live forever. These Israelites are in exile. They think that they are never going to be rescued. But through the word, a miracle happens. In Ezekiel Valley, these dry bones become living, breathing people. They had no breath in them until the Spirit of God breathed on them through the mouth of the prophet Ezekiel. God is continuing to breathe out his word through the mouths of humans. We have his breathed out word that is inerrant, infallible. It's authoritative. It does what God calls it to do this word that's breathed, his spirit, his breath does the work. The breath of God does things. It makes makes dead people live. And it's so beautiful. We've been called out of death to life that's eternal. And we are now resuscitated from that form that's lying on the ground, that has no breath, that has no spirit. And now we have the incredible privilege to be able to tell others about that. And God's spirit works in them, works faith, breathes. The spirit still hovers over this creation. He abides in each person who believes. He blows where he wants. We can see the effects. We see that people come to repentance and faith. But we don't know how. 
We can't predict it. We can pray for it. There's these revivals happening in Asbury, and there's not a lot to say about it as far as whether they're good, whether they're bad, what's whether they're true, whether they're not. The fruits of repentance will show if people have been truly called to repentance by the breath of God, by the Spirit of God, by the Word of God. God works repentance in us. He calls us by the gospel. He shows us by the law that we are sinners in need of a Savior. And by the gospel, he renews us, makes us alive, fills us with his spirit. We can't predict where that's going to happen. We can't make it happen. I think the danger in a Revival like that is that there seems to be an aspect that we're controlling this and we are not controlling this. There have been more revivals at Asbury. This isn't the first one. And I pray that God will use that by his spirit, that his spirit will call people. The breath of God is powerful. The word of God is powerful. Breathed out by the Spirit of God, the wind-breath Spirit of God. So continue to pray for revival all around us, that God's Spirit will continue to work, that we'll see the effects of it, even though we don't know where he's coming from or where he's going next. The Spirit of God, in his time, in his place, and in his way, does his work. God be praised. Oh, hey, DSPS, I want to read again, Breathe on me, breath of God. Listen to these words. Breathe on me, breath of God. Fill me with life anew, that I may love the way you love and do what you would do. Breathe on me, breath of God, until my heart is pure, until my will is one with yours to do and to endure. Breathe on me, breath of God, so shall I never die, but live with you the perfect life for all eternity. God's peace be with you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Dicey Stuff, the podcast where Lois talks about this big dicey adventure called life. You're welcome to send your comments and feedback to DiceyStuffPodcast at gmail.com. Please, if you would, subscribe and share. Until next time, roll on, friends.